Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Hey! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You know Willie Nelson's playing in the man's in studio. Marty Mortaweg in studio with us here uh, on your radio dial and on the ESPN MT app. We'll be back on the TV tomorrow. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Miss anything in the first hour? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Did you watch the Grammys last night, Coach? I did not. I'm not big on these type of things. Uh, but first of all... I didn't either. I missed it. I totally missed the memos even <laughs> happening. It, it, Coulter, it's Super Bowl week. Let's rock and roll. And I think that the great Chris Stapleton is singing the national anthem Ooh, that'll be at the one. Super Bowl. I can't wait for that. That'll be great. I only brought up Willie Nelson because, first of all, it's Coach Marty's guy. But also, Willie Nelson won a Grammy last night. Oh, he, I he did won, not know this. He won Best Country Album. He's 90. That's pretty good. That's a world record. It's got, it's got to be better than Tom Brady winning seven Super Bowls or whatever he's how, got. How about that? I mean, Tom Brady's half of Willie Nelson's age. <laughs> Willie Nelson's still making Grammy award-winning records. It's awesome. Got to love that uh, that Willie's doing it. Um, Stapleton will be awesome, uh, singing the, the national anthem for sure. Uh, so let's just start there then. I was going to sort of backdoor you into some Super Bowl stories, but you have coached in the Super Bowl before, and a lot of times – I mean, it's not just the game, right? People are going to analyze how good was the national anthem, how good was the flyover, how was the flag, you know, all this stuff. But if they nail it, I mean, Whitney Houston's national anthem at the Super Bowl and whatever was ninety-one uh, Bills and and uh, and Cowboys. I mean, that that's like a m- landmark moment in American history. So it's it, everything, right? It's just the biggest event in America every year. Yeah, and I suppose it's because you can bet you can bet on how long it lasts. Right, the national anthem. Bet on the coin flip. Bet on uh, what color the Gatorade uh, right. that the goes on to the winning head coaches. So uh, there, there is so much interest in it, and it is worldwide. And what a great job the NFL has done because it is quite the spectacle now. I, I heard uh, a couple gals that were saying that this was just on social media. There's going to be a couple community parties here in town where you can go to the party. And on one side, you can watch the game. That's where everybody's watching the game and having snacks. On the other side, if you're not interested in the game, but you just want to see the commercials and the halftime show, <laughs> you can be doing arts and crafts and gossiping and drinking whatever. And uh, so it's just like a kind of a combined party. But that's the other part that's crazy is you're going to have tens of millions of people. This is the only football game they're going to tune into all year. It's crazy. Right, right. And and, and some of it is, like you said, due to these commercials. <laughs> totally. uh, you know, it just popped into my mind. Uh, you know, through all my years of coaching in the NFL, you get stories, right? Totally. And the, the owners way back in the day when finally they were going to have a Super Bowl, they did not want to call it a Super the Super Bowl. They wanted right. to call it something because they thought it was kind of corny. 
Sure. Your, your Super Bowl. Well, who? What? What? That doesn't have any pizzazz. Sure. And look at the pizzazz. <laughs> it's got now. It's a. It's a week long spectacle nowadays. People don't really remember that the NFL has been around since the late 1920s. I'm actually reading a great book called America's Game, and it's all about the history of the NFL. Uh, it's co-written by Jerry Rice, and he had a ghostwriter for it. But it goes through the whole deal, like the evolution of football in America and then the starting of the NFL. But the NFL was around for like four decades before there was ever a Super Bowl. It used to just play for the NFL championship. Correct. Then there was the AFL, and all of a sudden you have two competing leagues, and then they decided, okay, we should have the champion of the AFL and the champion of the NFL play. But it actually didn't even become one league, and this was not the championship of the league until by four or five years of Super Bowls, right? Correct. Correct. And the uh, Al Davis right? was running. He, he was the a AFL, commissioner right. of the AFL. Joe Namath in Super Bowl III. You know, he kind of said, we're going to win. And then that was the first time. The, the AFL the, team had won, right? The, the AFL right, team right. had won. And they were like always huge underdogs, the AFL. And then, and then so that spurred Joe Namath into the Hall of Fame. I think he's thrown more picks than he has touchdowns, but he won that Super Bowl and kind of called his shot like Babe Ruth with the home run shot and uh, it vaulted him. Uh, and he's still on commercials. For sure. You got to love it. Joe Cool, one of the coolest guys in the history of the league. Tease for later on this week. Super Bowl one. Pitted the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs against each other. That game was covered very sparingly by media outlets compared to what it is now. I mean, it may be a dozen there. Now you're talking like 300 press credentials. It's crazy the amount of media. But the guy, if you if you hearken back to the post-game interview with Vince Lombardi, there's a young man that's asking the questions with the mic. Well, that young man is Ted Dawson, who's one of my great mentors, the first guy to ever put me on TV like 13 years ago back in Bozeman, Montana on KBZK, and I call him Uncle Teddy. Uncle Teddy's still hanging around, and uh, he's actually living in, in Boise, Idaho now. But he's going to join us on Wednesday to tell us stories because he was covering the first Super Bowl ever. And now here he is going to be watching the, the, the one now. So he's got a perspective like no other because he was on the ground floor covering the very first Super Bowl. So that'll come up uh, on Wednesday. That is going to be interesting. Oh, for sure. Uh, I don't even think there were all that many people in no. attendance. You, you, I mean, you could get a ticket for for really, really cheap. I think they were giving them away, you know, as a game approached. Uh, and, and, and then all of a sudden, it got huge. And huge. once again, the NFL has done such a great job of promotion. Do you have any stories from the times when you were preparing for or about to get ready to play in or coach in a Super Bowl? Oh, look, you go back to uh, 1996, so it would have been uh, 97, you know, January right. of 97. And, you, and you'd only been in the NFL for a couple of years at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. And, and so, you know, the night before the ball game is the last team meeting, and you have typically individual meetings and offense and defense meetings, then you come together for the team meeting, and those team meetings usually lasted about five minutes, and then you went on and had a nice little snack. They call it a snack. It was a full-fledged meal. That was a little bit after 9 o'clock. The team meeting always happened at 9. Well, 
at that team meeting the night before the Super Bowl was in New Orleans, Green Bay Packers against uh, uh, the New England Patriots, and we walk in, and there's a big table, and it's got a white sheet over it. And Mike Holmgren was going with his little spill. He kept it really light, and he pulled the sheet off, and there was like 100,000 $1 bills on the table. And he said, man, we're playing for a lot of things, but this is one thing we're playing for. Uh, If you went through all of the playoffs and won the Super Bowl, it was a little over a hundred grand back then. And I just read where I believe it's well over two hundred and fifty altogether. Every playoff game, you know, and you win it, and then you win the Super Bowl. I think it's it's over a quarter of a million dollars. So the fellows are they are playing for a little bit of coin. I read this great book called Golden Days by Jack McCallum, who's a great NBA writer. And it's sort of a parallel between Jerry West in his best season with the Lakers in 1972 and then building the Golden State Warriors as the GM years and years and years later. But they talk about 1972. In the NBA Finals, the winners got $11,000 each. Yeah. It's amazing. Not, I mean, now the winners share. I mean, I think the guys, to, like you're saying, I mean, it's up to uh, upwards of quarter million dollars if you get, make the run all the way through the playoffs. I think the winners share for just the game is something like $182,000 each. Yeah, however, I will tell you, the fellas aren't playing for... They are playing for the ring. Oh, for sure. And there's not many rings out there, right? I mean, you know, and I've, I've got another story, the security of the Super Bowl. Oh, man. It is crazy. Oh, man. Right, right. In many cases, you don't even see them, but you do feel them. I remember we were, uh, I was with the Philadelphia Eagles and we were in Jacksonville. That was horrible, by the way. Right. And, you know, they did it because of a new stadium. They had to bring the ship in for uh, extra hotel rooms. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of messy that way. Uh, but there were... You could see them if 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 you look. The the, the snipers up sure. on top for of sure. the building at our practice facility, and I'm going, geez, even for practice, you know. But it it they cannot allow anything to happen, uh, you know, during a Super Bowl or leading up to a Super Bowl. Uh, and you could imagine uh, the people who don't like us are salivating <laughs> if they could do something uh, in a big setting like that. Once upon a time, this is a couple years ago, I was riding a plane to Indianapolis going there for the NCAA tournament. And I'll sit next to a guy. He had a Texas, uh, University of Texas hat and University of Texas shirt on. And so we started talking. I was like, this guy must be a sports fan. So we'll just, we'll just talk football, whatever. At that moment, Jeff Cho, who was the previous head coach at Montana State, had just got hired at Texas. And I, so I was like, oh, I, I know a guy that's going to go work at Texas. I think you'll like him. He's pretty good at the media, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, oh, I was watching this video online of this guy talking. And he pulls up the video, and it's my website, Skyline Sports. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So we I started, like it. We start talking. But, you know, we're going back and forth. And then when the plane is at cruising altitude, he asks the, the flight attendant, he says, how high are we? She says, oh, we're like 34,000 feet. He goes, oh, okay, good. Because he says, there's no way to have any sort of tracking or bugs uh, above 30,000 feet. I'm like, what do you mean? Who's tracking? Who's bugging us? What are you, what are you talking about? And he's like... Well, he's like, I'll tell you what I'll do, but I, we can't talk about it after we start to send. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm the head of special events for the FBI. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So, But this guy's job was exactly what you're talking about, is 
big events, the Super Bowl, the Indianapolis 500, the Olympics, yeah. and making sure that everything was on lock. And he's like, yeah, man, you have no idea. He's like, at these events, there's like 5,000 people there that are there to protect you. You just don't know. You just think they're civilians. You don't You don't even know. There's. There could be a man on a park bench as you're walking into one of those events. FBI. There's an FBI man or woman on every bus when you take a little job wow. to go practice yeah. and back on every single bus and then snipers up above us. Uh, really interesting, but most people and players and even coaches don't even think about it. But if you're in right. it long enough, you sort of learn how they operate just a little uh, bit. Yeah, for sure. Marty Mordewag in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. It is the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. More than 25 years of NFL experience, so a great wealth of information for us breaking down the upcoming uh, big game. When it comes to all that, all the the outside, the pizzazz and the the hype and all that, is that hard to manage when you're coaching? I mean, or are these guys at this point pretty locked into it? Yeah, they're locked in. That first week, we talked about this last week, is all your preparation. We want that done and sort of put a stamp on it. Not that you can't adjust a little bit Super Bowl week, uh, especially if something happens or you get some more information, but but it's rare, right? So then, then, then the fellows travel there and they they just got there, I believe, on Sunday, right? Uh, yesterday, uh, they fl- they flew in. They're getting organized, and and you practice just enough to stay sharp there. Uh, but I will tell you, the players and coaches are a little bit, they're sort of in a cocoon just a little bit and very well protected from all of the outside influences. However, I will tell you there was a night or two uh, in, in New Orleans and Jacksonville where we went out to eat. Sure. Uh, you, you know, at some really nice place or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I remember in Green Bay, I was coaching the quarterback, so uh, uh, Favre and uh, Jim McMahon. Doug Peterson. Uh, uh, Doug Peterson yeah. and I, we, we went out for a nice little quarterback dinner uh, uh, down there in, in New Orleans. So so you, you did get out just a little bit, but again, you're, you're sort of protected from all the outside influences. And I will tell you, if you get too fancy in one of these things, Right, it can backfire on you. It's another game. Stay with your typical, normal schedule. All of those things, uh, because uh, uh, and then the guys they they end up thriving in that type of environment. I also think too, it, there's the there's the four falls of Buffalo, the great thirty for thirty about the Bills losing three four Super Bowls in a row. And Marv Levy talks about that. He talks about how there's this crazy fervor for football in Buffalo, but still. Buffalo's only about a 400,000, 500,000 person town. It's not that big of a city comparatively, right? And he said he thought like some of the the exceeded distractions and noise and stuff was different uh, than what they had experienced because they weren't really a, a national brand, even though they're in the Super Bowl four years in a row. That, though, I think has probably dissipated quite a bit now because yeah. now everybody's all interconnected, right? Like the term big market, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the biggest star in the NFL in a small market in Kansas City, right? So... Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, all what I'm saying is that the, the maybe the media frenzy, these guys are used to a media frenzy because every NFL team gets covered crazy these days. Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, and, and one other thing, uh, the really smart organizations and GMs and, and head coaches, I'm sure it, it gets run by the head coaches, yeah. but they hire a couple of people. 
that have been through Super Bowls and they're retired, uh, ex-GMs, ex and they, they and they come in uh, the week before the Super Bowl and they help you with all of the organizational yeah, aspects yeah. of getting to the Super Bowl and then what's going to happen that week of the Super Bowl as well. Have you ever been to a Super Bowl when you weren't coaching it? Have you ever gone as a spectator? I typically like to go to Super Bowls only when I'm in it. <laughs> good... But I will tell you, I, I believe there was one or two other ones. Uh, the new head coaches typically will go to the will go to the week of the Super Bowl because their local media is there. Right. And especially if you've been hired within the last couple of weeks. So, right, totally. So you'll have a press conference there. You'll talk to other people. It's, it's usually a day or a day and a half of that. Players and coaches to some extent, but but a lot of players that are that are both active and not right. in the Super Bowl and retired players they'll go for the week of the Super Bowl and they'll have speaking engagements lined up and big businesses will have a dinner and they'll pay them to to attend the dinner and those type of things and typically those those fellas they'll be leaving on Saturday and they right. they get home and watch the Super Bowl on the television because well, there's a lot I mean I think that if you're if you reach your your if you get vested in the NFL, I think you get tickets to the Super Bowl forever, right? I think former players do. I did not know that. I think that's I'm true. I'm going to call a couple of my <laughs> my guys. I, I, I was thinking that. There was a couple guys around town that even played in the NFL for long enough that they got vested. So I wonder if they got some tickets. That's the first I've heard of that. <laughs> when I'm, I mean, that's a pretty good little kaboom right there on top of a little pension, you see. Uh, totally. I, I wonder if it's maybe just first come, first serve, or maybe you, you have the opportunity to get at the front of the line for tickets if you, if you so want. Want him. I don't know. That, interesting to think about. The Monday Afternoon Quarterback presented by Rome Student Housing. Do you or your aspiring student need a convenient, affordable place to live while attending the University of Montana? Look no farther than Rome Student Housing. It's located right downtown on Front Street, just a 10-minute walk from the UM campus and a 10-minute walk from downtown Missoula. Rome offers pet-friendly apartments. There's a shower uh, and a bathroom in every single unit. And uh, so no more waiting for the shower. And uh, you can also tune your skis and your bikes in the community. Tune room for more information. Visit uh, liveatrome.com. We're going to talk about the matchups here in just a minute, Coach. But uh, in the only piece of off-season news I really want to ask you about, um, because everybody's in the off-season besides two teams, what do you think of Sean Payton to Denver? I know we talked about Sean Payton and, and maybe where he could go. What do, you, what do you think of him landing with the Broncos? Coulter, I think it's a great hire. But in the short term, is it really worth it? I mean, what is there, a number one this year, a number one next year, and then like a three now? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of picks there. Now, I'm sure that they have done their analytics on it. Uh uh, because they can use some of that money, certainly, for free agents and, and, and so forth. In the long term, I think hiring Sean Payton uh, is, is a fabulous thought. He'll do a hell of a job there, you see. And, and he'll likely, Russell Wilson, don't be surprised if Russell Wilson is back to his old self here very quickly. But is it worth it, Coulter, right. to give up all of that equity to bring the coach in? I, I don't remember many, uh, if, look, if it was a low-round pick or something like, like they've done for some coordinators and things like sure. that. But did the Gruden thing work? I, I suppose he was sort of right in the middle of building it back. Yeah. They, they gave up uh, uh, quite a little bit uh, to get him, I think. Uh, but uh, or or that that really that one. Let me rethink that. That's when he went from Oakland to, to Tampa, Tampa Bay, and they yeah. won. 
Yeah, and they did win, so right. it did work. Yeah, and Belichick so, was part of one of these once upon a time. Yes, uh, well, and and uh, also Parcells was was uh, had yep. that when he went, I believe, to the Jets. That's right. Uh, did a decent job there. So so is it worth it in the short term? Probably not. But is it worth it in the long run? Uh, I would pr- probably put my stamp on that one. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Dazzler's Car Wash right next to us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. They got unlimited wash packages starting at $31, and that's the best place in town to get your rig all sparkling, shiny, clean. We got free Dazzlers for you coming up on the other side, plus five matchups to watch in the big game. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Old school country on your Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Welcome back. Monday afternoon quarterback, Marty Mortaway, more than a quarter century in the NFL, joining us in studio. And we're almost to the end. But the big game coming up on Sunday, the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Monday afternoon quarterback is presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Dazzler's Car Wash, right next door to us here on Radio Way. They got unlimited packages starting at 31 bucks. So treat your car right all winter long. Keep that undercarriage clean. Keep the paint job nice. And it's quick, too. I got it on the timer. About four minutes and 30 seconds you get through. It's pretty darn sweet. So go check out Dazzler's Car Wash right here on Radio Way. And we got a $50 gift card for you to Dazzler's. Call right now, 406 888 one zero two nine. That's triple eight one zero two nine. Call number six four zero six eight 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 one zero two nine. All right, let's break down this matchup, Coach. This is crazy. I was looking at this uh, earlier today. The Chiefs, right now, sixteen and three coming into this game. The Eagles are sixteen and three coming into this game. They have each scored exactly five hundred and forty six points. That's crazy that they've scored the exact amount of points as each other. They each have six All Pros. And they each have uh, a Kelsey brother that was an all-pro, and they were each the number one seeds in their conference. I think to say that this is the two best teams in the NFL, given the total body of work, I think they nailed it. This is the two best teams. And how even is that, all those stats that you just read? However, that those stats lean a little bit offensively. You know, defensively, the Eagles are a touch better. Uh, you know, they're, they were second overall. And, and seventh in points, the the Eagles defense. Yeah, the Chiefs D uh, was sixteenth in points allowed and eleventh overall. So so second overall to eleventh overall and seventh giving up points to sixteenth giving up points. So so the Chiefs outscored a couple people. You you, you know and uh, now so I'm I picked as you know the Chiefs before the playoffs started right. Chiefs all the way with a little tomahawk chop 
at the end. However, I'm changing my mind just a touch. Okay. I'm leaning a little bit towards the Eagles because of what I just said with one little caveat. The great Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have to pull two or three things out of his hat to sort of even that thing up. And he is likely to do that. He is so good. He's absolutely so good. So let's start there then because I think there's going to be a lot of matchups that are highlighted uh, in this uh, contest. But as it always does in the in the NFL, it's going to start with the quarterbacks. Yep. And so I want to start with Jalen Hurts because we've talked about him all season long. You were incredibly high on this guy coming into the year. You predicted on this show that he was going to have a huge year. And coming out of last year, you could sort of start to see it, the way he surged down the stretch. But I think it was to, it was going to take a huge jump for him. And he made that jump and then sub. And he was absolutely one of the best players in the league this year. Why? How did he, how did he grow so much? It's two- amazing. Two things. It's amazing what just a little bit of pro experience. Right. Right, right. Just a little bit. What happens to... A young, talented, smart dude that's got some instincts. I mean, right? So they seamlessly tend to transition. The quarterback position, one of the hardest positions uh, to play, one of the most difficult positions to play in all sports. And that's one reason it's it's the most valuable position in all sports. I think you can de- debate that uh, very, very heavily that way. Uh, and, and, and so the experience factor. And then... Being in the same system for that second year and then moving forward. You become an expert within that system. And if you go from system to system to system, like he's done since he's been in high school. That's right. By the way. That's right. You, you, you know, now, now, in the long run, it's pretty good because you learn so much totally. about all these different systems, right? So he's got all of that background. Now he's in the same system, back-to-back years. Uh, so those two things, uh, other than talent and, and, and intelligence and uh, gut instinct, all those things, all those things combined. Uh, just uh, elevated him to the level that he's at right now. He's also, the last thing I'm going to say, a heck of a team around him. He has a heck yeah. of a team around him for sure. I mean, people talk about his athleticism, uh, his, his his arm talent, all that. They talk about his, his composure, his steady nature. But I do think that the intelligence part is such an underrated part of this because, like you said, I mean, from high school to Alabama to Alabama to Oklahoma, Oklahoma to the Eagles – I mean, he has learned multiple different systems and mastered them relatively quickly and then been able to go execute it, uh, you know, when the bullets are live. And that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's athletic intelligence, right? Yeah. And uh, he's got a bunch of different intelligences. We've talked about that this before on your radio show here. But you've got music. That's an intelligence, right? Reading sure. and writing, that's an comprehension. That's sure. an intelligence. Science is a, right? Athleticism is another. For sure. Uh, uh, there are just guys that can get on the field, and typically it's any fields, right? Totally. Or any, but they just have the instinct. They're typically, go with a little bit of, of quality instruction, they're typically going to do the right thing. So when it comes to a quarterback who's been, I mean, he's been the hot commodity in the league, and he's definitely one of the front runners for MVP, but now this is going to be the biggest stage he's ever played on by a long shot. 
what do you think of just sort of the acclimation process for Jalen Hurts? I, he yeah. seems like he has the personality to handle this, but I mean, is that an advantage for the Chiefs that Mahomes has been here yeah. multiple times? Yeah. So uh, here's my viewpoint on this. First of all, I know Jalen really well. This thing does not, not going to phase him. The Super Bowl, you know, he's played in big games in Alabama, Oklahoma. He grew up. His I mean, dad nothing, was high school. Coach. Nothing really seems to phase this guy. Uh, no, no, he, he, the dude's diligent, and it's all football uh, with, with him. Uh, but, but having said that. I can sort of understand the viewpoint uh, that experience. Well, I just talked about experience, right? Experience in Super Bowl should count. But you go through the list of guys who won it their first time there. It's crazy good. Now, many times, that's the only time a guy gets there, right? Now, Patrick Mahomes, I believe this is going to be his third one. He, I believe, right? He's one and one, and and, right. and and then you can get to the coaches and those type of things. But you've got you've got Tom Brady, Kurt Warner. I'm talking about guys who won their the first one they were in, yeah. And within the f- first five years, Roethlisberger, Flacco, Eli Manning, Russell Wilson, Aikman. You, you can go on and on down to Favre and Namath and Bradshaw, Jim McMahon. Uh, there's more. There's even more than that. They won it their first time they were there. Sure. Right? Now, yeah, the game has changed. The pressure around it has changed. Uh, the media-type coverage have changed. Uh, but I, I just think if you're the best team, uh, you've got a chance to play pretty well. And I think the Eagles, uh, just by a hair, are, are the better team here. We can get into the details of that and why, uh, either this time or next time, I suppose. The- Mahomes, like you mentioned, does have a ring, and he's also got a Super Bowl loss. But I think just, and I know he's not playing for this, but in terms of what we talk about, this is a huge game for his individual legacy because we know just from a pure eye test, there's hardly anybody that's ever been as talented as him. I mean, he's got one of the great arms in the history of the league. He you know, pulls a rabbit out of his head every time you watch him play. He throws sidearm, underhand, behind the head, all of it. But the two Super Bowl rings... Puts you in a rarefied air. I know there's like you know, there's the Eli Mangs and the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world that were very good players, but you know maybe aren't all time legends. But if you're Mahomes, and all of a sudden now you got more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and yeah, I'm trying to think of other guys from his generation that just got the one. I mean, only Brett, Brett Favre only got the one, even though he went back to multiple. Steve Young Steve only Young. got one. I mean, that it puts you in the rarefied air if he, if he if he can get two, especially if they beat a team the quality of the Eagles. Well, you talked about uh, the the legacy that the, this game uh, has repercussions and ramifications for everybody, the coaches, the quarterbacks. Right? Totally. Uh, think about what this would do for Jalen Hurts. For sure. Right? Uh, uh, Lane Johnson, the right tackle. Are you kidding me? He gets to, you know, every player, every coach, every personnel man, uh, Howie Roseman for the Eagles and Brett Veach for the Chiefs. I mean, that the, winning a Super Bowl, a huge, huge feather in your cap, let alone winning two of them. One afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty, in studio with us, a Super Bowl preview edition here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Uh, the second matchup I had down here is Chris Jones against the Eagles offensive line because the Eagles offensive line is great. Chris Jones was a absolute one-man wrecking ball last weekend. I, I heard such an unbelievable stat. 38 pass dropbacks for Joe Burrow. Chris Jones registered a hurry or a quarterback hit on 31 of them. 
I mean, they were doubling him. It didn't matter. He, he got credited for two and a half sacks. He also had two more tackles of the quarterback at the line of scrimmage that didn't count as sacks. He was a beast. He is the, the straw that stirs the drink for the Chiefs defense. Uh, but the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in football. Steve Spagnola, a good friend of mine, he will have his hands full. It's going to be an interesting matchup. He's a defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been through these things, right? Yep. He knows what he's doing, right? But they better stop. They better stop the RPOs of the Eagles. That's right. I believe the, the, the Eagles are about, they're somewhere about third, fourth, fifth uh, as far as the amount that yeah. they run. What does that do? It's like the triple option. It, it has a tendency of holding one man, might be a linebacker, uh, on the backside, or maybe even two. It might be the linebacker and the defensive end over there, right? So uh, we'll see how aggressive. You can attack this thing several different ways. But, but here's what the Eagles are going to do differently than the Bengals. RPOs, where they're either handing it, sure. right, or getting the ball out quickly, or possibly running out the backside. Right? They're not going to drop back five or seven steps totally. all that often where Jones can just uh, kick his uh, back foot back and, and have a little air and rhythm, right? So that's – and they're going to move Jalen just a little bit totally. as well. So that's going to be a little bit different. Steve Spagnuolo will have his hands full. That is going to be a great, interesting matchup. Well, especially also because – Bengals, we've talked about it all year. The Bengals, I thought their offensive line was maligned more than they deserved to be. A lot of the sacks they gave up was because of Burrow. But regardless, that completely aside, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and the Eagles offensive line is way better than the Bengals offensive line because they're way better than everybody. They're one of the best offensive lines uh, in football. On the other side, though, the Eagles have been, I mean, completely wrecking people with their pass rush. It's one of the greatest pass rushes in the modern history Ever. of the NFL. I mean, I actually think the national media doesn't give her enough credit. When the playoffs started, I dove into the stats. 78 sacks, Coach. I mean, that's the most since the 85 Bears. People always want to talk in hyperbole. Oh, the, 80, the best since the 85 Bears. This is actually the most sacks since the 85 Bears. It's crazy how they get to the passer. And the great pass rushing teams, first of all, they're really good, they're really skilled, they're well coached, yeah. all those things, yep. right? But the second uh, math that yeah. goes into the second thing is the Eagles are typically ahead. Yeah, that's true, right? For sure. And then if, if you're a scorer two ahead, you know, in that second half, yeah. you get into a little pass rush rhythm and the other team is forced to throw the ball. All those things add up to one of the great sack. S-A-C-K, sack years in history. And so here's what the Kansas City Chiefs will do, or at least should do. First play, second play, third They're going to chip the heck out of them. They are going to let the Eagles pass rushers know this is not going That's to right. be a one-on-one right. -on -one pass rush uh, deal all day long. And then they'll put them up there. And take the air away, and then and then and then release a would-be chipper just to get him out of rhythm a little bit. That, and then, so, how do you t take care of pass rushers? You run the ball right at them, and then you chip the hell out of them. Uh, that's how you slow these great pass rushers down. That's why I think that one of the most uh, underrated players in this game could be a guy like Jarek McKinnon because McKinnon is he's great at catching the ball in the backfield. 
which can sort of uh, reduce the pressure a little bit. More than anything, he's one of the best pass-blocking backs in the league, and he'll hit you square in the mouth, so that could be a, a key factor as well. The other interesting part to me about this coach is a lot of times when you see high sack numbers, you see teams that, that pressure a lot, that blitz a lot. The Eagles don't. That's why they're so good, because they don't have to blitz hardly at all. You also wouldn't want to blitz Mahomes. So what about that element of the matchup? It's not that they're sending a bunch of pressure, so it's not going to be a bunch of pre-snap stuff that Mahomes is going to be able to kill him with. It's just a matter of the one-on-ones after the ball is snapped. Right. Jalen Hurts does a lot of pre-snap, a lot of count. That's why they don't have all that much motion pre-snap. Now, right. now the, the Chiefs, uh, Mahomes, he loves to uh, receive the football, drop back, and use his reading ability uh, and, and, and run any play you want. And I'll find my guy. And it may be deep, it may be middle, it may be short. I suspect they'll use Kelsey, the yeah. tight, great yep. tight end, as a chipper, not a protector. Where do most sacks come from in the NFL? I learned this many, many years ago. Inside the pocket. Well, and yeah. But tight ends on yeah. ends or outside yeah, linebackers. Yeah, right, right. Don't do that very right. often. You use that tight end in a chip mode more. And then those outside linebackers and, and or defensive ends, if you have to squeeze the line or turn the line, on backs, on running backs. So so those teams know this. The Chiefs know this. That's why they're in a lot of six-man protection. And they'll use they'll use Kelsey. He'll chip and release into a shell. And he may even get a, a reception out of it as, a, as an outlet for Mahomes. I suspect they'll do that early and often throughout the game to the Eagles. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mortoweg, in studio with us here on Nuanas. Now, uh, the, other, uh, the last two matchups, my fourth matchup on the list... Just straight up, old school football, who can run the ball? And, uh, you know, we see this in the Super Bowl a lot. I feel like everybody's so juiced up that you can hardly ever run the ball early, but who can stick with it and continue to run the ball? Both these teams do it in a little unique way because, like, Miles Sanders is a pretty good player for the Eagles, but like you were mentioning, they run, the Eagles run a ton of RPO and they, they can get Hurts out on the edge. And for the Chiefs, they don't really have a bell cow. They kind of like to ride the hot hand. And that guy sometimes has been Pacheco as of late, Isaiah Pacheco. Sometimes it's McKinnon. Sometimes it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but he's kind of fallen back to the end of the line. But they have a lot of options there. But they don't really run it in a traditional fashion either. It's not going to just be inside zone. They, they try to get it out on the perimeter. So right. where do you see the, the run game advantages here? Well, the Eagles, I noticed, just elevated Clyde, right? Uh, yeah. So so he may very well be available for yep. us. This man runs hard. you know. So, uh, yeah, so uh, the Chiefs have a heck of a running game. Uh, and, and But they... They use it situationally really, really well. They'll use it to control the game really well. The Eagles, on the other hand, a lot of RPOs, run-pass option, or 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 read option, where either the back or the quarterback's going to run it, and typically they're reading one defender, right? So the Eagles have to be ultra-excuse uh, me. The Chiefs sure. have to be ultra-disciplined uh, with what they're doing on defense because, bam, you could you could stop the run three times, and bam, one person hesitates, and then there's a lane for one of those backs that the Eagle use, and they're hitting their head on the goalpost. The last matchup I highlighted was, of course, the matchups between the head coaches. Andy Reid, this is fourth Super Bowl. He's been in the conference championship ten times, so he's coached in plenty of big games about his fourth Super Bowl, including his third with Kansas City. And then Nick Sirianni, 
He's coaching his first Super Bowl. Is there an advantage there for the Chiefs? Yeah, and I think this is Nick's first Super Bowl ever. That's right. Even as an assistant, I That's don't right. think he's That's been. That's right, because so. he was only assistant in the NFL for a couple of years because he comes from the college ranks primarily yeah, originally. Yeah, and then was a quality control yeah. receiver. And then Andy took the Chiefs job. And and Nick apparently wanted to stay. That's the the, the story that I hear. And, sure. and Andy goes, "No, nah, I got David Coley coming in." Yep. You know, and so Nick had to go be a quality control guy again. Yeah, uh, I believe in San Diego or somewhere. But but uh, yeah, uh, coaches come from all different directions, don't they? Andy definitely has the experience factor. However, I suspect if you go back through it, uh, you, you know. It, it's the best team typically will win the game, sure. right? And a lot of first-time head coaches, right, win the Super Bowl, kind of sure. like the quarterback thing, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, uh, our man in Buffalo, Levy, yeah. experience didn't quite help him. That's right. And I'm not sure that he, maybe one of those Super Bowls, sure. he might have had the better team. Yeah. But, but most of those games, uh, they were outmanned just a sure, little bit. Sure. Uh, so so the, the better team, uh, on that day at least, uh, will we'll win the Super Bowl. And I don't know if the experience – I'm biased way towards Andy. Sure. Right? So so that, that probably gives him a few points there. Does that even it out? I don't know that. I still am leaning towards the Eagles just a little bit. A lot of times, too, I think we get blinded by the fact that uh, – the farther away you get from the the top elite level of sports, the more that that's a factor in terms of maybe folding when the lights are bright. But Nick Sirianni's not going to fold in the Super Bowl. He's not going to be shaking in his boots. Like, if it's Mike Krzyzewski versus some first-time head coach in the Final Four, that's a huge advantage because of the, the you know, the, the never been there before. A guy like Sirianni, he's got so much confidence, and they play with so much confidence. He's not going to not have his team ready to roll. And the owner for the Eagles, the general manager for the Eagles, talking about Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. They've been there. They've done it. I'm sure there was some consulting going on. Like, yeah. like, like I could see a first-time head coach going to a Super Bowl and too emotional, too many tricks, too many. Hey, let's play the game. Let's have a great game plan. And what do you do when you game plan? All right, you stymie your opponent's strengths and you go after their weaknesses and utilize your very best players uh, against their weaknesses, right? It's pretty simple that way. Just keep doing that, right? You don't have to get all tricky or all hyperventilating, or, you know, the white stuff coming out of your mouth, sure. you know, in the pregame talking, all these things. If, if, if you treat it just like you did, the past game, uh, you know, these players know it's a Super Bowl, right? They know it's a Super Bowl. They don't need all that much juice, right? Motivation every day. Yeah, uh, maybe until you get to the Super Bowl. They want the ring. One afternoon quarterback presented by Dazzler's Car Wash and Rome Student Housing. Take a look at the line, the total, a couple prop bets, and make some predictions. The big game on the horizon less than a week, less than a week away. We'll be right back. New is Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. 
on ESPN Radio. The Gambler. We're going to do some gambling here in just a minute. Monday afternoon quarterback here on the is now. Welcome back. Hope you're having a great Monday. Only about four minutes left to take you home here on your Monday. Uh, if you missed anything in the show today, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Thanks to Dazzler's Car Wash and Rome Student Housing for their continued support of the Monday afternoon quarterbacks. we got four minutes left of this one, and then next week, then we're done. We'll miss Coach Marty, but uh, maybe we'll have him swing in one time during the summer or something to, to catch up with everybody. But either way, uh, it's been great fun and a great privilege for me to have such a, a uh, wealth of information riding along with us here uh, every Monday. Uh, all right, Coach, let's talk a little bit about some of the betting lines here. Sportsbet Montana, there's kiosks all across the state of Montana. You can go to their website and find out where, where you can get the app. The Eagles, one-and-a-half-point favorites, um, coming into this, I was actually surprised by that. I thought it would be the other way. I thought the Chiefs would open as one and a half. Did you really? I, I did. I, you know, it's gone from even uh, right away to two or two and a half sure. towards the Eagles. Now it's come back down. Yeah, that's right, because I think everybody was hammering the Chiefs when they saw them as underdogs. Yeah, I think I think you're right. So it takes a lot of money to move that line that much, it seems to me. But uh, I think that's about right. Yeah, I really do. I yeah. Because of some of the conversations we've had for right sure, here for sure. in this radio show, the one caveat that I keep in, it's in the front of my mind is Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. He, the Eagles are a better team. Patrick Mahomes is the best player. He's one of the few quarterbacks that could, I'm going to exaggerate, but only by a little bit. He could take a high school team and have a chance. <laughs> Against an NFL team. You see what I'm saying? For sure. I mean, it's just one of those crazy special. I thought Brett Favre was kind of like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, in any particular game, I mean, he could take a, a, a 20 point underdog and just because of himself, uh, uh, might be able to win, and Patrick Mahomes is is one of those very few extra special, extra ordinary type of players. And when it comes to betting this thing, if it's a one and a half point spread, I would just take whatever the better odds are, the money line or the one and a half points, because they're going to win the game likely by one and a half points. So if you get better odds on the money line, just pick who you think is going to win, just bet that. Or if the odds are better at minus one and a half or plus one and a half. Take that. So that, that would be my advice there. What do you think of the total? 51 and a half is like the gold standard total in the NFL because 27-24 is just like the most common score, and that's exactly what this game is set at. The old 27-24. Now, I, I was just reading uh, where uh, those those uh, sheets of paper with all those boxes. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And yeah, you, yeah, the Super Bowl squares. Right, right. A seven and a zero. For, uh, it, it seemed to me, if I was reading it correctly, are the best numbers oh, to yeah. have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, zero and a seven for the, the totally. last part of the number. But, uh, yeah, I could see it there. I, I here's, here's my – I would not be surprised if the Eagles sort of dominate the game. That's that's one scenario. Sure. I could see that happening yep. because of their defense and, and Jalen Hurts and uh, I, they, they might pop a couple big ones, all those things. Okay. My other scenario is it's a really close game. Comes down to the end. Mostly because of Patrick Mahomes. If he can do two, three, four things, one a quarter, right, to sort of even things out, and then the Chiefs win in a close one. Those are my two scenarios there. Only about 20 seconds left. I, I, I got to say, sometimes I bet based on the storyline more than the actual numbers. I got the Chiefs. I think they're going to win by two. What do you got? 
oh, I'm leading towards the Eagles and 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 I'm tilting that way. I say I'm going to go with my first scenario and and say the Eagles by now. They need to be up by more than one score yeah. at the end because of who they're playing, and the Eagles know that. Don't be surprised if they go for two in an uncommon type of situation. I am here with Catherine Delands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.